Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. I was inspired by a case I actually saw in the clinic today to make this short podcast episode about chronic stenotic ear disease. This was a dog that had suffered with ear disease for a, a decade, just kind of chronic otitis, um, a basset hound, really, really itchy ears, um, had come in, never really been worked up, some cytology done, short courses of topical therapy. And this dog's ears were so stenotic and swollen. The dog was so uncomfortable to the point that it was rubbing her ears on the ground incessantly. Like, I'm not going to lie. I almost for a second thought she was having a seizure. She was rubbing her head and ears that much abruptly just from the stimulation of me sampling her ears. And so inspired by kind of the treatment plan I put into place for her and how much better I know I'm going to make her feel, I wanted to go over my top five tips as far as managing, you know, stenotic otitis. And we're not talking, oh, a little allergic otitis while I'm on my allergy medication from a seasonal flare. I'm talking these really, really stenotic, terrible, chronic ear cases. So here's kind of my five little tips um, to hopefully guide you guys in the right direction of managing those. One, this is not going to be a shock. You are used to me talking about cytology all the time, but please, cytology, 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 do not assume what this dog has had in the past is what's presenting today. I've had many cases where they have always had a yeast otitis, looks like it, brown and slimy, we check, all of a sudden it's a bunch of rods. We have to do cytology. That does not only include when we're initially diagnosing, but also the recheck cytology. I always get asked, well, how long should I treat ear disease? And I say, it depends. It depends on when that cytology is clear. It depends on how the dog's doing, how we figured out the underlying cause. Sometimes I can stop medications, you know, pretty quickly, Sometimes they have to stay in some form of maintenance therapy for a long time as we get things figured out. Some dogs stay on some form of topical therapy the rest of their lives because they have so much damage to that ear. So it's so important for us to do cytology so we're identifying organisms, but also so we're quantifying, we're seeing much how much inflammation's there, we know what to compare our recheck cytology to. So I, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of cytology every time you're seeing these cases, not only to diagnose what is there, but also to have a baseline to compare it to when you do your recheck cytology. And yes, even if the ear is looking great, you have to do your recheck cytology because it may be 80% better, but maybe there's still some organisms under the microscope and we're in the right direction, but we just can't stop it yet. So that is so, so important that we're rechecking those cytologies. Uh, number two, do not be afraid of steroids. Yes, we try to avoid steroids and chronic usage for things like allergies because we have better medications nowadays that we can use like Apoquil and Cytopoint. However, if you have a really stenotic, edematous, painful ear, one of the things that's going to help that ear the most 
is to put them on an oral steroid as long as there's no contraindication to that. I often don't really need pain medications. If I just treat the infection and put them on oral steroids, at least to calm the swelling of that ear down, then we can medicate that ear better and then they're much more comfortable. And once the ear is under control, we can try to flip to something else to manage, if they are from allergies, manage the allergies long term. But when they are just swollen shut and uncomfortable and we need something to provide relief, steroids are going to be the things that help us. Sometimes I see NSAIDs being used, but honestly, NSAIDs are not that helpful when you are talking about an ear. It's not going to open up that ear canal. It's not even going to probably honestly provide that much pain relief in most of these severe cases. It's going to be steroids. If for some reason we cannot use an oral steroid, you could try something like cyclosporin just because of its uh, anti-inflammatory effects, but it's going to take a lot longer for that to work. I pretty much want to put them on oral steroids if at all possible. Um, And sometimes I'm going pretty high. I mean, I've in bad cases gone the equivalent of one to two mg per kg of prednisone a day for, you know, a few days and then taper down. I often use triamcinolone. Then I would probably use like 0.1 to 0.2 mg per kg per day orally um, and then eventually taper down. So it is just the thing that's going to provide the most relief, open up that ear canal so we can clean the ear canal appropriately. So our medications are getting down that ear canal appropriately. And most importantly, it's going to make these dogs feel a lot better as we're getting their ear uh, under control. Um, Number three tip, length of treatment. Do not shorten it. Again, we're talking about really severe ear disease, like really severe pseudomonas otitis, really severe stenotic ears, not like a very mild infection. Really severe diseases, we are not going to treat those cases for one week with topical therapy or even two weeks with topical therapy. I am usually starting them on therapy, whatever that looks like for that dog. And, you know, that could be just topical therapy. That could be a combination of topical therapy and oral antibiotics in really severe cases. I'm suspecting something like an otitis media. You will treat these cases for weeks months potentially. So I will usually put them on whatever therapy we're going to use, whether it's based on culture or not. That's another conversation for another day because cultures can be a little controversial um, in the ears in veterinary dermatology. I do still culture some really bad cases though, just for guidance. But however you're treating them, I usually start them at least three to four weeks and then they come and see me before we make any changes, before we bring down the frequency of drops, before we stop anything, before we change to something else besides steroids. They're coming in for a recheck three to four weeks later. We're making sure the ears are more open. We're making sure that we're on the right track. And then we will decide when can we stop or how much longer do we treat before we see you again. So length of treatment is so important. We do not want to be breeding resistant infection, resistant bacteria by only treating these terrible infections for a week or two. We're not fully eradicating them or beating them to be more and more resistant. And we don't need any more resistant bugs. We have enough MRSP. We have enough multidrug resistant pseudomonas. We don't need help in that department. So just make sure that you're aggressively treating these for long enough. These bad infections need more than just a week or two. And it really, like I said, depends. There's not a magic number as far as how long you treat them. Get them in after a few weeks, making sure you're making the progress you want to make. And then we can kind of decide, do we go longer? Can we stop? 
Do we decrease from certain things but stay in other things? Every case is extremely different and that's why the recheck is so, so important. So recheck length of treatment, do not shorten it. Number four hint, look for clues for the why. This is really important. So going back to that basset hound um, that I saw today, so terrible ear disease comes in for ears. We're just talking about the ears, 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 ears. Of course, I'm doing my full dermatologic exam. So then I look and see that the paws also red, ulcerative. When I'm actually touching them, the dog's super itchy again. And when I actually ask the owner about it, they say, oh yeah, they have licked their paws forever. Like for the last decade, the dog had was 10 and had been having these issues since it was a year of age, under a year of age. So that starts putting the pieces together for me, right? Okay, yes, this is due to some form of allergy. Maybe something else is going on too, but that's gonna indicate some form of allergy has been driving this. Then the owner mentions, yeah, you know, before it got really bad, historically, the ears would flare up during only certain seasons, and that's when the paws would flare up too. Ding, ding, ding. So now I know that we probably have a dog with some form of you know, atopic dermatitis, at least as a part of the problem, and we can work with that. So it's important for me not only to address the ear infection, but start figuring out the why. At least part of the problem is from some form of allergy. Steroids are going to help either of those issues right now. Then we can kind of decide long-term what this pet should be on once we get things under control. Rip roaring amounts of infection on the paws too. Make sure we're addressing that with the appropriate therapy we need to be addressing it with. So we don't want to just treat the ear infection and be done. We need to figure out the why. Or else we're really going to struggle long term to keep these guys maintained. And honestly, you might even struggle getting through the current infection if you don't figure out why this is happening. Remember, it's not always allergies. I've had plenty of dogs with endocrinopathies, hypothyroidism, hyperadrenocorticism, break out with bad ear infections. One of the worst infections I've had was a dog with pemphigus foliaceus. Remember, ear canals are tubes of skin, so anything that can cause an infection on the skin can cause in, uh, an episode of otitis as well. So figure out your why. My fifth kind of tip, and I don't know if this is a great tip or not, but my fifth tip for these really stenotic uh, ears, no one to give up. And this is where palpating that cartilage is so important. And I do it with every ear case that comes in. Because if I grab the ear and even if it's swollen shut and it looks awful and it's edematous and stenotic, but the cartilage is all pliable and flexible and not calcified, I can probably get that ear really open and pretty normal through really aggressive treatment. But if I grab that ear canal and it is rock hard, it is just bone sitting there, it is worth the owner's time, money, effort just to be evaluated by a surgeon for a TICA because there's just no way you can completely normalize an ear that's calcified. Calcification is irreversible. We cannot get rid of that. We can manage it the best we can, but it's going to be lifelong therapy and you're probably really going to struggle. So that's where palpation is really important. Knowing when to say it is worth it seeing a surgeon, your pet's going to be more comfortable if we get that nasty calcified tissue out of there. And you're going to save money in the long run, depending on the case, because we're never going to fully be able to treat this ear. We're going to be kind of chasing it the rest of this dog or cat's life. 
Um, so just no one to give up, no one to palpate. Do not be afraid to recommend Tika in some of these really difficult calcified cases. And that's why palpation becomes really important. It doesn't matter just how swollen the ear is. It matters if it's calcified. I have had ears completely swollen shut. I have made completely normal with appropriate treatment because they weren't calcified. So that's a really important indication to get through. So I hope that's helpful. Those are just kind of my five quick tips on these chronic edematous stenotic ear canals. Number one, always cytology, cytology everything, and that includes the recheck cytology. Know what you're treating, know the quantity you're treating. Let your cytology guide you on when you can actually start coming down on treatment. Number two, do not be afraid of oral steroids if they're not contraindicated. If these ear canals are swollen shut, if they're edematous, if they're ouchy, if they're painful, steroids are your friends. You can get them off of the steroids eventually in most cases, but it's going to be one of the top things that provides relief. Um, number three, length of treatment. We are not one to two weekers on these cases. You know, we are several weekers, if not some months in some of these cases. So make sure in these really difficult cases that are, you know, totally covered in rods and uncomfortable that we are seeing them back and we are keeping them on appropriate lengths of treatment. Number four, look for other clues. Why is this happening? Is it an allergic dog? Is something else going on like an endocrinopathy? What other skin lesions are we seeing? Those are super important. Number five, know when to give up. Surgeons are our friend in those cases. I have lost the battle with ears before, even when they've started with me and they're not calcified to begin with. Sometimes we just have to know the limitations of medicine and know when surgery has to be an option. So I hope you guys find that really helpful. Um, I'm really excited to see how the case that I saw today went, but I was just inspired to put this information out there because these ear diseases can be really difficult and it can be intimidating when you first start with them. But I promise when you see a lot of successful cases, when you manage them appropriately, you can make a world of the difference and make these cases a lot of fun.